everyone, welcome back to Kicks and Picks Podcast. Coach Steve here with Nick and Scotty. Coming off another middling week, as Scott put it. Another just floating around 500 week. Uh, not the way we like to go, but better than some of the weeks we've had since the international break. The international break really took a lot of wind out of our sails. But we are back to talk about the big upcoming match this weekend between Scotty's Liverpool and Manchester United, as well as reviewing the Champions League group stages and giving you some winners where we are going. We promise we will get out of this funk sooner or later. So as Scotty said, Scott, you said it before we came on, just fade Scott because uh, you just, just can't buy one lately. I think I have four 0-3 weeks so far this season. Um, and obviously zero 3-0 weeks. Uh, maybe I have one, but it, it's not been good. Uh, my strategy has been to take the favorable lines on the uh, top teams. So whenever there's a favorable line on Tottenham or City or Arsenal, uh, I'm usually on that. And somehow it just doesn't work. Um, Yet those teams seem to be at the top of the table. So I I have yet to really figure out how I'm down so many units when my plays have been so heavily on the the top clubs. But uh, we push on. We'll see if we can't get some 3-0 weeks to finish out the year and maybe start to approach break even by by, uh, end of AFCON. So if anybody wants to know what Scotty really is doing, you will conveniently notice Liverpool is at the top of the table. And Scotty is doing his method of, oh, yeah, yeah I'm going to bet on Arsenal this week. I'm going to bet on Man City, knowing that this power that he has is going to make those teams lose, get Liverpool hopping up in the standings, yeah. and it has worked out to perfection. Like, yeah. oh, man, how could City lose? Uh, they did it. It's great. Yeah. Just, well, it's 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 the emotional hedge again. Like yeah. these two teams are both in the top four. It's not like they're having bad seasons, no, and sure. I have taken them a healthy amount. It just does not seem to play out when I'm on them. Fair enough. Now I, I think um, this, like super frustrating week is one of those uh, for me. So I had three games that I picked. Obviously, our hat trick of picks every week. Each and every game had a red card, so something you can't really handicap for, and. I went one and two. The two losses had goals. One game had a goal in the 95th minute for a loss. The other game had goal in the 94th and 99th minute for a loss. So we were well on track to three and oh, we, we had the fucking hook and red cards in all three games, 94 plus minute goals. I mean, it's just cruel, cruel week, cruel game. Um, you know, not, not much you could do about it. I would just love to get some of those 95th minute goals for a winner for a change. Yeah. Cause that doesn't ever seem to happen. No, I mean the one you lost the South bit on Monday was like, how often does Cali score an overhead kick in the 98th minute or whatever? Oh, that's like, a, I mean, they don't score two goals in a game all year, let no. alone in, in five minute span. And then of course they're both fucking bangers. We got Lapadula yeah. with a, with a top shelf goal, his first of the year. And then uh, Pavoletti, who I didn't even realize yeah. was still playing. This dude's got to be about 40 and he does a bicycle kick in the 99th minute to win. So like, uh, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, that, that that's never easy to watch. It's almost as bad when you're like keeping track of a match on your phone and you you are know it's like in the 90th minute. So you go to check and you're like, all right, now it's like counting up on, on one of the, the apps. And then all of a sudden it says five minutes to stop each time. And it's up to 98 and you're not watching. Like, why the fuck is there like three minutes past? Right. And, you know what's happening. And then. And then lo and behold, it was a penalty kick that happened with the Bologna Lecce match a couple weeks ago that we had as a patron pick. And I'm like, why is it still going? Why is it still yep. going? And then a couple seconds later, there pops up that little the little goal symbol with the ball going in. You're like, oh, penalty kick. Like, that's a great way to lose a bet. Um, yeah, it's it, you can't predict these things. I think the reads have been pretty good 
for us. I mean, I thought your reads were good last week and things just didn't break the right way. I think I might uh, over the holiday break, I'm going to make it into a project and go back and look. I have to imagine we have lost at least, at least five to eight games, five to eight bets in like the 94th minute or later. Have to. Yeah. There's no doubt. time period that didn't really even exist until this season with the new stoppage time rules. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those goals don't happen. I mean, we, we, we don't want to sit here and cry about it. We're not, that's not what we're trying to do. Just, I guess trying to make ourselves feel a little bit better about our reads and and, and the outcome, but um, let's get into the champions league because it ended today. The group stage finished up, wrapped up some surprises and we'll get through them. We, we did do a champions league group preview episode earlier. And you know, when it kicked off back in September, these were not our predictions of who would win the group, but more like what's the best bet at the value of it is that could possibly happen. Um, maybe take a stab at it if, if you feel like this team could do what we're suggesting. Not that we thought like, you know, Napoli was going to outdo Real Madrid. Just the value was on Napoli, so to speak, as an example. So starting Group A, uh, the way the group ended was Bayern Munich, 16 points, five wins and a draw. No surprise there. Uh, Copenhagen ended up beating Galatasaray on the last match day, one nothing in Denmark. That was the difference to them advancing ahead of the Turkish side. And that was... Uh, we had Bayern minus 160. We said it was pretty good value for them. It's not, not something you're going to see too often, especially in a group like they had. Um, we had our two advanced advice was Galatasaray. Uh, came down to the last match day. I think still would have made that suggestion looking back at plus 250. Uh, just they didn't get the job done in, in Denmark. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I thought yesterday, too, thinking about the way they were level on points, one team needed to win. You. I, I would have picked the side with Icardi and Mertens and some of these veterans that have been there, done that, and, and they didn't get it done. Yeah, listen, I think going into the last match day, Galatasaray right to advance was plus 250, by the way, so solid, solid value. I'm sure Copenhagen was even higher, so, uh, I mean, listen, not going to take credit away from them, right? But um, going into the last match day with a chance to still cash that bet, I mean, felt pretty good about it. Copenhagen's a strong team. They only gave up eight goals uh, throughout the entire group. I mean, when you're playing a United, when you're playing a Galatasaray away, and I'm pretty sure there's three goals just in that game. So you only gave up five goals combined to Bayern and Man United over four games. I mean, that's it's pretty impressive. You got to give it to them. I think one of those games, I think is their opening match against United, they were down a man for most of it, right? Um, I think it was like a 10 on 11, and it was like ended up being a 2-2 draw. So full strength. They think they they played really, really well. Yep. Shout out them. Uh, so they were they were up a man in that United match and won three two. Oh, they're in up match the man. Day two. They were up the man. Yeah, it was. They were. Oh, that's um, what it is. They were down a man to Galatasaray. It wasn't. It wasn't United. Are Are you referring to? Oh no, you're referring to Copenhagen. I was referring to uh, Galatasaray. Copenhagen okay, yeah. was, was down uh, a man to Galatasaray, and they finished two two in that match. Yeah. So ended up being a pretty crucial point for them in the end. Um, oh, that could good for them the other way in Turkey. Yeah. Um, I almost forgot United was in that group. They were last, uh, eliminated completely from Europe. Love it. So, uh, that is something we can probably, you know, tie into our, our match preview when we get there. Very disappointing for United. Uh, moving on to group B Arsenal won the group on 13 points. PSV second on nine lens from France, eight points, just missed out. They'll go to Europa league. And then it's Sevilla. Um, kind of surprised. there. only finished with two points. Not the easiest group, uh, in terms of like, Everybody below Arsenal, I think we all figured Arsenal was the the team to beat. We did uh, peg them at minus 180. Not something we're really going to throw too much on at minus 180, but 
We didn't feel comfortable tabbing anybody else to possibly upend them. We did have PSV as our value pick to advance at plus 155, panned out pretty well. Um, they're playing very well right now. Arsenal for a little bit at the beginning looked a little shaky when they did lose in France to Len, yep. but um, bounced back, got the wins that they needed and, and won the group. So uh, to me, no surprises there. Um, the biggest surprise to me <laughs> was Sevilla. Yeah. That, yeah. I was going to say, in terms of who advanced, yeah. wasn't super surprising to me because PSV has been great in, in <laughs> Because we called it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the fact that Sevilla even finished third, I think, is the surprise. I, th- I well, think I we said, all would have pegged. Arguably, the biggest surprise of the group stage is Sevilla not dropping into Europa to make their Europa League run. That's like, you can set your clock to that. It's like you got daylight savings times and you got Euro- uh, Europa League Sevilla coming in hot. So yeah. it's, it's definitely a weird one. I mean, they didn't even, did they win a game? Um, no, they had two draws. No, so no, they yeah. it's it's a pretty pretty poor effort by them. Um, you know, especially against the lens side that, I, you know, I think has has been doing okay in in League One this season, but yeah. not great. Doing um, up a lot of goals. And PSV scores lots of goals historically, but I think they conceded more in the group stage than they scored. They so do. there's opportunity there to take points too. So, I, yeah, it's a weird one from Sevilla. Yeah, um, year too late for me as a Roma fan. I, I can say that. I would have loved them to have crashed out in the group stage last year and been eliminated completely. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I do agree there. I think that was a surprise. Yeah, RIP. I mean, that's that was our um, Europa League winner last year. Scotty and I gave that future out. I think it was plus 1,100 or plus 1,200, something like that. Yeah. So definitely a little soft spot for them, but they haven't been good. They haven't been good in Spain. They were awful in this group. I mean, tough group, right? But um, to, you know, not even see them go down, I think we may be overvalued, not that we picked them or anything, but just coming into the group, I think we thought they'd at least make third place, probably overvalued the team they were last year. And I think that's a pretty good segue into group C because there's another team that I think has a soft spot on the podcast and we definitely overvalued how good they were last year. So, yeah. So moving on to group C Real Madrid, perfect record, uh, 18 points, winning this group, running this group, uh, only conceded seven and six matches. Uh, Napoli finished second comfortably on 10 points with three wins, a draw and two losses. Braga of Portugal finished third on four points and union Berlin, only two draws and four losses. Um, and that, that's what Nick's referring to, right? Last year, they were a cash cow for me much of the year. I hit quite a few locks on them. They were so undervalued most of the time that they ended up qualifying for a Champions League spot. We're, we're in the mix in the top two or three for a long, long time into the season. We pegged Napoli as, as our value pick to win the group. We, we all did feel like Real Madrid is probably the pick. But if you wanted to look for some value at two, plus 230, Napoli maybe would have a shot if they could have won in Naples, which they did not. Um, our, our advice to advance as like a value pick was Union at plus 300. Maybe they could slip by Napoli or any of other sides. They they have been an utter disaster this year. They've been terrible. They're, they I'm going to double check right now, but I believe they're still in the relegation zone in the Bundesliga. I think they had their first last like eight no, matches. In, in no, they had their league, first right? win in like 15. Uh, 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 they, they slipped just out of the, the relegation zone in Germany. Now they're on 10 points, one point out. But yeah, it's, I believe it's Coach had that as a loser disaster. last week. Right? But, Wasn't that? Uh, it might have been two weeks. No, it was no. last week against Motion Gladbach. Yeah. Yeah. And they they scored three goals, them and then they yeah they came back and bit me. Nick, I'm going to play a little game with you right now. I'm putting you on no. the spot. We didn't talk no. about this before the podcast. You talk about our favorite team, Sevilla, and Europa League that we like to put future on, not in the mix. Real Madrid, our other favorite team to put future on, usually in Champions League. Yep. Where do you think their odds are now, following the group stage, are to win Champions League? Um. So if I'm looking at the teams who advanced, I think there's maybe 
three or four similar teams, uh, maybe one or two that are slightly better than them. Um, but I'm guessing, you know, that the books always tend to favor. I'm going to guess Real's not a great number. They got to be under plus a thousand. If I had to guess, they're around plus 700 to win the whole thing. Not bad. Yeah, they're, they're plus 500. Um, they're oh. third. So you got that neighborhood pretty correct. Man City, the current favorites at plus 225. Bayern after yeah. that, plus 450. Okay. No, that's gross. Bad number. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. There's time though. I think yep. uh, I think we got time, and and uh, we'll see. Because I think once you see some of these other teams drop out, and the 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 path becomes known, then you can usually get Real Madrid maybe a little bit better. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to Group D. Um, competitive at the top in terms of who finished first, but not really competitive across the board. Real Sociedad uh, beat out Inter on goal differential. Both finished with twelve points. Uh, Benfica finished third on four points and Salzburg fourth. They're out of Europe on also on four points. Um, Benfica salvaged uh, any kind of European football on the last match day winning in, uh, in Austria. Uh, they, they were, you know, a team that we play pegged as a possible two advanced side, uh, head of Sociedad at minus one seventy who had Inter to win the group at minus one fifteen. So goal differential, uh, did us there. Inter didn't play their strongest squad against Sociedad on match day. Or five. the match before. I mean, two matches, they mailed it in. Or Yeah, match day six. And then also match day five, they kind of mailed it in because they had a big head-to-head coming up. Um, they kind of knew they would advance. So uh, threw us a little bit there. But Benfica, I think, guys, the big disappointment there. Yeah, I'll, I'll say Sociedad's better than we probably thought coming into the Champions League. I think they've opened up a lot of eyes watching them. Um, you know, they've also been good in the league. I, I say this. Um, you know, we go on with uh, Andrew at the Plus Money Pod all the time. He is a huge fucking fan of the Sociedad team. Um, and I've had this conversation with him where it's like, you know, you don't – these guys aren't household names. I, I can't name five players on the team. But every time I watch them, I walk away kind of like impressed. You're like, wow, okay. Everybody kind of seems to know what they're doing. They seem to have – Good instincts, good ball control skills. They move the game like they they control the game, and that's what we saw, right? They they didn't drop a, a match, right? Three wins, three draws. Um, good on them, you know. Just just kind of assumed by name, Benfica would be a little bit better, a little bit more prepared. But happy for a change. Yeah, and I mean it's tough for us because we had Inter to a, to win this group at minus one fifteen and to lose out on a, a goal differential of basically yeah. two goals. It's like a you know, just narrow miss, but it's a miss nonetheless. Kind of yeah. a story of our, our season as a whole. Right. <laughs> um, they gave up three goals to Joe Mario, so that should probably yeah. fucking do it. Yeah, fair enough. So yeah, yeah. That, that'll do you in. <laughs> our, one of our, our black marks on the group stage is coming, coming down to the goal differential thanks to, to Joe Mario. All right, uh, moving on to Group E. We have Atletico Madrid, 14 points, won the group. Lazio second on 10. Just completely derailed Nick Sadi out campaign yeah. a couple weeks ago. They do uh, that. Feyenoord, six points. They go down to Europa. And then Celtic finished last on four points. This one we nailed. We had Atletico as our, our team to win the group at minus 145. Lot to, to advance at minus 150. Um, no big surprises. I thought Feyenoord might have been a little bit tougher on, on Lazio, but they, they didn't prove to be. So uh, I think pretty much what we expected here. Yeah. Lazio finished strong. I think they had a, a rocky start. Um but you know, picking up two wins in their last three matches is certainly enough. Um, and then Feyenoord, the exact opposite. You know, they yep. they didn't get a single point after match week three in the Champions League. So 
and uh you know that's the tail of the tape you gotta you gotta keep that momentum up and i don't know if if i have been hit with injuries or anything but it's it's kind of a tough one when you you can get out to uh two wins and three matches and then you still you know kind of crash out i guess they have the europa but um hopes have to be higher after that kind of a start yeah, yeah. and to, to be out by match day five i think is the disappointing part for them they didn't even make it to match day six where it was like down to them in lancio after that pretty good start yeah listen champions of uh holland last year too right like has to be said they're solid squad um uh, in the conference league final right last year or two years ago or that, uh, I mean, they lost know. to Roma in the Conference League final right. two years ago, and then Europa League, I think, quarterfinals to Roma last year. Yeah. So obviously, look, strong season European team. We said this group, I, I very vividly remember the conversation. It's going to come down to who takes care of Celtic. And, you know, if somebody can squeak out a head to head win between Lazio and Feyenoord, that's really going to be the team that goes through. And that's what happened. We, we saw Lazio, you know, six points against Celtic, difference in the group. Yeah. All right, Group F. Uh, we kind of, well, didn't get this one right. The, this was uh, this was labeled the Group of Death in the beginning. Uh, it was PSG, Dortmund, Milan, and Newcastle, and it ended up being Dortmund who won the group on eleven points. Only scored seven goals, but only conceded four. So that that was a bit surprising from Bundesliga side. Bundesliga is kind of known for their goals. Uh, PSG finished second on goal differential, just ahead of Milan with their nine scored and eight conceded. Milan only scored five and also conceded eight. So they, they go on that minus three uh, goal differential. They, they lose out by four goals. Uh, Newcastle finishes dead last, and they are out after a late loss at home today to Milan. They're out of Europe completely. That makes two Premier League sides that are out of Europe completely, not even finishing in the top three of their group. Uh, so that could affect co- uh, coefficients, which we, I'll mention at the end. Um, yeah, we had Milan as the value pick to win the group at plus 400. I know I personally took that myself because I thought they had enough to get out of it. Did not. Um, we also gave them that as our value to advance at plus 125. We missed out on that on goal differential. I think Dortmund's the biggest surprise um, in terms of how well they perform because I think they were tabbed as the the worst odds to get out of this group of death because people were high in Newcastle and PSG and, and Milan for good reason for the most part. And um, Dortmund, they got the job done. That, that champion's experience came through for them. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, my lasting memory of, you know, Newcastle's campaign was the fact that they beat PSG for nothing at home. Mm. Um, and so for them, that's, you know, I guess they got a, a point in the, in the second to last week, but I, that, I think that was their, their last, you know, success in, in the Champions League. And, you know, now they'll be out of Europe completely. They don't even have a chance to make a Europa uh, run because, you know, if they had made it into that third spot, and I think they were in it at, at the end of the first half of, of the match mm-hmm. today, they were technically sure. still in Europa. They could they have been one of those teams that, that goal uh, about the yeah. 80th minute or so. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they would have been a perfect team to like make a deep run and, and potentially, you know, at least, you know, get a, a Europa final out of it. Um, so uh, really tough for them. Um, you know, that, that home atmosphere I thought was going to be enough to carry them the last three weeks. And it just, it didn't, didn't work. Yeah. Listen, tough group, right. We all mentioned group of death. Um, I, I'm a little bummed because, uh, you know, on that show and, privately to you guys, I kind of tip PSG as like, this is a dark horse to not even advance out of the group because A, the group is strong and B, PSG is really not that good. Um, we kind of saw that throughout the course of the group, right? You mentioned Newcastle destroyed them um, very easily. I Listen, they look good in that Dortmund game um, today. I, I mean, I have to kind of give it to them. Um, Dortmund's keeper was fucking outstanding, but 
they also give up as many good chances as they generate. So, uh, you know, ultimately they were able to make it through, but everybody's kind of lucky Milan didn't win one of those first two games. They had Newcastle and Dortmund 0-0 and Scotty coined it, chances FC. Uh, Milan, I think, had 18 shots and 20 shots in those two games. So, like, literally dominated start to finish. Um, they get a goal in either one of those games. This group is flipped on its head. So um, really, really fascinating from match week one all the way to match week six. Then, um, you know, good on these teams. You know, you were always going to feel upset if you didn't make it out, but somebody was going to finish last. Yeah, and if I told yeah. you at the beginning of the group, PSG were going to get two points out of their last three matches, I think you would have believed what you said, Nick, that they were there's no chance that they're advancing yet. Right. That's exactly what happened, and they barely made it through just on a, on a, on a goal differential. Yep. Yeah, so the last two groups, we didn't give out any betting suggestions because the, the odds were, were too long on the teams that we figured would win and, and did end up winning the group. Man City, perfect record, 18 points, uh, followed by RB Leipzig, 12 points, won all four of their matches that didn't involve facing Man City head-to-head. Um, we, we said that they would win and that they would advance. Group H, Barca to win, we said. They ended up winning a goal differential against Porto, so not as clean-cut as maybe we expected, and we also had Porto to advance. Um, the odds were too long, both those sides also to give them out as winners. Um, so all as expected there, not, not, not much, um, surprising there. Yeah. Listen, I think overall we did fucking awesome. We predicted five out of the eight group winners. I mean, you can't really do much more than that. We gave out two really strong plus money to advances. So happy with our work. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm looking at group H right now and I'm seeing, Goal differential for Barca at six and Porto at seven. Head to head, so I think. Um, on top? Oh, it's head to head. So yeah, it wasn't head Barca. Beat them. Okay. No, I was like, am I twi- Am I tripping? <laughs> no, Barca beat them. Okay. Yeah, uh, they, they they beat them. Um, so I guess that that was the differential first uh, tie break. Um, so Nick, I'll, uh, before we move on, I'm going to throw it at you because you have a team that finished second in the group here. So looking at the group winners. If you're Lazio, I mean, on paper, do you want Dortmund or Sociedad? Like, uh, which of those group winners is I more will favorable? Very, I think you want to avoid Bayerns and the Reals of the world, obviously. Listen, in all reality, there's not a team there that Lazio beats. I, I think that's – I'd be very, very, very surprised if they beat anybody. But I would say Sociedad probably because I think they play a little bit of a slower, more methodical Lazio can catch up to its style. Um, that would – Probably be my preference, gun to my head, but I don't know that there's a team that Lazio is even close to. All right. Yeah, I threw game. out Lazio more of a hypothetical. Like if you're a second place side, your side just yeah. happened to be there. But I'm looking at Sociedad. They only conceded twice. Um yeah. and, and they they played into very well. So yeah, I, I think, you know, from a Lazio standpoint, they're obviously very um difficult for them to get through. But I, let's say like looking at like a PSG, like you're not gonna want to get Byron in the next round. You're probably I guess hoping for Sociedad or um, you can't get Dortmund, right? Like, uh, I mean, before Scotty's thoughts, no easy I, match either. I that's guess. that's what I was going to say. Eventually, you you go through the big teams, right? So yeah. whether you do it early on or later, I mean, I, I guess money matters, right? Because every match you win, it's a shit ton of money. But yeah. if you're a, a Bayern Munich, does it really matter? No. Yeah, I mean, the didn't Inter and and, and Milan kind of get through to like the the semis through a pretty easy path last year, if I'm remembering the bracket correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had they, all they, like all the Portuguese, Portuguese sides. Yeah, yeah, the Portuguese so sides and Milan. Yeah, and yeah. then it was like Chelsea and and Real Madrid and Bayern and, and PSG were all on the other side of the bracket. Yeah, um, I mean, 
Sorry to cut you off, Scotty. I'm not okay. really seeing a weak side compared to like like Copenhagen. I guess is the weakest side, maybe, and they looked pretty fucking good. I don't know. Well, Nick, that segues perfectly into my my game that I was going to play with you. There's 16 teams left. Where do you think Lazio currently stand in terms of longest odds um, remaining? I would say you don't have to give me the odds, but just like what team? Yeah, do you think, like no, what I would say it's, it's either 14 or 15. I'll say 14. Yeah, they're 15th. Uh, behind PSV Eindhoven. So Lazio right now plus 15,000, Copenhagen plus 25,000, Eindhoven and Porto blows it both at plus 10,000. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good at this. That's why we call you Oddsmaker Nick. All right. So, uh, interesting thing I, I just saw on Twitter as we were, you know, logging on is the uh, updated coefficients. When Newcastle and Man, you both crashing out, that is two less opportunities for England to pick up points there in the is. coefficients. Um, and only the top two teams and coefficients get that fifth place in the Champions League that we were talking about a, a few weeks ago. Scotty was mentioning, you know, maybe Newcastle or somebody gets that fifth place and becomes a Champions League spot. That's not looking so guaranteed for England right now. In fact, it's getting a bit, a little bit dicey. Um, if you think back to last year, how Italy had three teams in the final of European competitions. Um, you know, if, if teams like that from Italy or Germany make runs like that again, it gets a, a, a bit difficult for England with two less sides to, to rely on. They're going to have to kind of hope that Villa does some work in Conference League. I would imagine City continues to, to dominate Champions League like they have. Um, because right now it's Germany at 13.36, Italy 13.14, England at 12.13. And Italy does have all seven teams uh, still alive in European competitions. I'm not sure about Germany off the top of my head, but I know Italy has all seven, three in Champions League, three in Europa, and one in Conference League. So England's going to have a little work cut out for them. Yeah, I think... Uh... In a weird way, I'm actually hoping they don't get it because if if only the top four in England go to Champions League, I feel oh my god, I should knock on wood. I feel pretty secure about Liverpool at this point in terms of that. But sure. uh, that means you know you're looking at Newcastle and United fighting Aston Villa really realistically for that fourth spot. Um, otherwise, if it's five, I think you can pretty much pencil in Newcastle again. I think that'll be. I love how you didn't even include Tottenham in that, just for what it's no. worth. I mean, no. I, like that was an excellent omission. I love it. Tottenham won't, won't even be in Europe next year. They're not going to make conference or Europa. I'll put that prediction out there right now. Um, Love it. But I do think, you know, unfortunately for me in the sense, you know, that the two favorites for Champions League and Europa are, are probably Liverpool. We have to see how the Liverpool or the Europa group stage finishes on Thursday. But I imagine it'll be Liverpool will be the, the odds-on favorite and City are the current odds-on favorite for Champions League. So I think if those two teams make deep enough runs, that's certainly going to be enough to get past Germany it probably will be enough to get past Italy. And I think that depends too on how, like if you have some Italy, England finals again, like last year, then, you know, they're gonna have to win those head to heads. I think that will certainly help them. But um, I think it's just not as cut and dry as many people would have imagined. Like, I don't think anybody thought United and Newcastle would both be out, not even in Europa league after the group stage. Um, But, you know, Villa in that, conference league is probably going to be the favorite especially the way they're playing domestically right now true um you know like you said liverpool is probably still the favorite in europa along with probably leverkusen um maybe if roman gets there maybe psg maybe psg (laughs) or not psg milan excuse me maybe milan milan's gonna be in the mix right so that's europa league's never easy um it's it's not so cut and dry we've seen that and i I guess it really comes down to city um getting to work right but it, it's going to be, I think, a little more interesting than people thought. I think when they saw, all right, a fifth-place team is going to be going to Europe, I think a lot of people just assumed that England would be one of those two that is definitely going to have a fifth team. 
I wish they had odds on this because I, I bet you England still are the odds on favorite to get a fifth spot with the teams that are left. In Wouldn't it. surprise me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. with Arsenal and City both still in the Champions League, they had, yeah. you know, those two probably have some pretty decent odds to, to get deep. Yeah. And, and, you know, Germany's hopes really rely heavily on, on Bayern right now. Only um, on Bayern. And, and Bayern, we saw how they looked, you know, last weekend in, in the league. So yep. they're capable of putting up a dud. Not for anything. They didn't look spectacular against United. Even I mean, it was an easy victory, but it's not that they look good. And they played a full lineup. It wasn't even right. like they were they were rested, yeah. which was crazy to me. Um, I don't know why they did that, but maybe it's just to try to get the stink of their weekend match off of them. Uh, didn't really help. Yeah. All right. So we'll leave Champions League there. I'm sure we'll be back before the knockout rounds once those odds come out. And just closer with some previews of that, obviously. But uh, now it's looking back to domestic football this weekend. The big match we're going to look at before we get into our locks is Liverpool against Manchester United. Liverpool, big favorites at home at Anfield, minus 320. Man U, plus 700 on the money line. Draw line, plus 500. The over-under is set at 3.5 with the over at minus 125. The under at minus 105. I mean, I guess it's definitely worth looking at some of those uh, scenarios if you think United can get anything with like a plus one or whatever. I'll let you guys do the talking, especially you, Scott, since it's your Liverpool side. But man, um, there's Liverpool minus 320 at home. It just kind of speaks to the way United has been playing, crashing out of Europe, not playing well domestically. Is there any hope for United to get a, a result in this one? You or me? Go me. ahead, Nick, because okay. I have plenty yeah. to say. No, I figured you did. Um, I would probably say this game has Ten Hag's job on it. I really believe it does. Um, I think if he gets blown out of the building by Liverpool, which is very possible, I'm not going to say it's likely. I'm going to say it's very possible. If he gets blown out of the building, I, um, I I don't really know where he goes from there. I mean, they're in sixth place, so they're on the outside looking in. Newcastle and Brighton breathing down their neck. They have seven losses in 16 matches. Obviously, we talked about getting out of Europe altogether. That's that's a massive failure, no matter which way you look at it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that turns into a, a huge motivator for this squad or if we see the same United that we've seen over the past three or four weeks. Uh, I can tell you that we publicly and privately have been fading United pretty successfully, right? We've been pretty harsh on them. Um, and, and Liverpool look good, right? I mean, <laughs> obviously, Scotty will get into it, but, you know, winners of four out of their last five, they have depth. Uh, attacking depth coming out of their ass. Um, they've made up for some defensive efficiencies and midfield deficiencies. I, I mean, I, I have to give them credit, right? Klopp just, um, I don't know that he's gotten enough credit for how good and how consistent he's been year in and year out. Maybe he has, but um, I feel like he's gotten forgotten about maybe a little bit because now there's this new wave of managers that all these hipsters want to pretend are, you know, the greatest thing ever. Guys like Klopp, guys like, Mad Max, uh, you know, they just fucking steer the ship forward and they figure it out. So good on pool. Um, I have a couple of betting thoughts in this one. I hate the number, but Salah anytime minus 135. Uh, I think that just tells the story in itself. He just has popped up in every single fucking game, uh, whether, you know, pool have been cruising and they're popping in three or four. He seems to score if they're tied or behind and they need a goal. He seems to score. Um, so would not shock me to see him score in this game. I'm not necessarily advocating for that. Um, and, and if you look at the lines, man, I mean, 
you got to go Liverpool minus two, minus 1.75. If you're looking at the Asian lines to, to get any sort of playable number on Liverpool. So books are kind of telling you where to go here. I would say that I do tend to lean United plus 1.75 because I think they'll be fighting for their lives, but it's, it's tough to, to go against Liverpool in this one. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I'm necessarily betting it. I don't even know that I'm taking goals, um, but it's it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to watch because even with Liverpool team goals, you need you need two and a half to get close to even money. And it's not close; it's minus one thirty. So struggling to find anything playable if you're not putting the absolute house on Liverpool. Um, but I think that's for good reason. And just some trends before you go, Scott. I was going to yeah, throw go some trends out to that might fit into this. Uh, head to head, more than two and a half goals in seven out of seven, which is why we see that line set sure. three and a half. Uh, less than four and a half cards in eight out of ten. Less than ten and a half corners in six out of eight. And just going back to last season, um, back in March, Liverpool scored a touchdown on United at Anfield. I think that also plays into this. Yeah. Uh, besides the fact that Liverpool is unbeaten in their last six, and Man U does not have a clean sheet in their last five. No, I'm sorry. One last thing to just throw out as I'm continuing to look through. Liverpool win and over three and a half is even money. Like that's, that's fucking insane. Like absolutely insane. So could this be a four, nothing Liverpool win, man? I hope so. But um, I don't know. It's just a tough one to bet on quite honestly. Yeah. And so maybe I can get in on, I'm trying to figure out where I want to start. Cause Nick, you brought up so many good points. Uh, oh, thank you. you. Um, I'll, I'll start. I'll keep with the trends for now. Um, you know, you guys talking about, Goal scored. So in in Premier League fixtures head to head, Liverpool has scored four more goals in four out of those five uh, last oh, matches. So that's um, nuts. Yeah, uh, in three of those five, they have won two nil. So you have the seven zero win that coach just mentioned. Um, then there was a two to one United win. So that's the only one that was kind of close. And then you have a four uh, nothing win to Liverpool, a five, nothing win with a United red card thrown in there and then a four two um, Liverpool win over uh, Manchester United. And that goes back to um, the tw- end of the 2021 season. So Liverpool's got a long history right now of, of running it up on, on Manchester United while they've been trying to figure out who the next manager is. And I think maybe that's where I'll start Nick. Cause you brought up a good point. You know, it feels like I think in any other scenario, Ten Hogs future of the club kind of does hinge on this performance. Like they just, you know, they had this run of, of good performances that brought them all the way up into sixth. And I think, think I said it on the pod or, or on our Patreon, but as like, you know, that's kind of a, a, a sheep in wolf's clothing in, in a weird way, because they were playing against like the Burnmouths and Luton towns. And it was a really soft point of their, their schedule. So they're getting the points they needed, but they weren't beating these quality teams. Um, and then, you know, obviously losing three, nothing, you know, at home to Burnmouth. It's like Burnmouth's first win at Old Trafford. It's first time, you know, uh, Burnmouth have a clean sheet against United. It's first time Liverpool, or I mean, United have given up three or more goals to Burnmouth. There's a whole bunch of firsts, and it just felt bad. And then obviously getting completely knocked out of Europe midweek, going into this matchup where they have obviously a, a track record of conceding and conceding a lot and being rather embarrassed in such a, you know, historic rivalry. If history were to repeat itself, I think you would expect change to be made, even though I, I don't think that's the right call. Right. Um, you know, there've been the rumors of, you know, the, he's lost the locker room again, you know, half the locker room doesn't respect him. And that's been like the tail 
every single time with these managers at United. And I put it out on Twitter. I was like, it sounds like at this point, just replace half the locker room because you can't just keep bringing in, like they're not bringing in chop meat. They're bringing in quality managers that have, you know, history of success across Europe. It's not the manager. I think the good news is if you are Eric Ten Hag is the club is so dysfunctional that I don't, what I'm reading on online is that they don't have that they're in the middle of this minority takeover by Jim Radcliffe and his uh, investment firm Ineos. And the whole plan is that um, the Radcliffe will take over, even though it's minority investment control of the footballing, you know, duties and, and operations. And, and it sounds like this takeover has been kind of in limbo now for five months, I think. And they don't want to make any actual structural decisions, including changing changes at manager until that is finished. So in a weird way, like I think they're kind of in limbo when they're going to continue doing what they have until this, you know, transaction for the back, lack of a better word is complete. So it's like, it's funny that United are in such turmoil and disarray that, you know, their manager is actually safe because of it, even though under other circumstances, he may not. Yeah, Getting into I, what I, I, go ahead, coach. I was just going to say, like, you think t- back to last year, how Ten Hag seemed to have everything going right for them, right? Finished comfortably third. Um, by the last few match weeks, there was no question they were Champions League side, and it just kind of unraveled. So I was just kind of looking at their numbers, and last season, it I, I just did you know a kind of a ratio to see like how much they're underperforming compared to last year. They've only got 18 goals scored right now, um, based on how many they scored over the course of the full season last year. They should have about 25 if they wanted to match that pace. Um, the defense isn't terribly worse. They've conceded 21. They would would have conceded about 18 last year at, at the pace they went at. So it's just like they don't they don't produce enough attack and they still haven't drawn a match, which shows that they can't even steal a point here or there to kind of, you know, avoid yeah. a loss that could be, you know, damaging to them. No, that's before we kick it back to Scotty. I think uh, that's that's one point, Steve. You know, like I, I said it last week, I think on the show at some point, we're just going to start taking United draw every single match until it hits, because if you hit in the next two or three matches, you're you're up a ton of money. Um, but, you know, one thing I want to kind of go back to when I say, you know, his job is probably on the line. It, it it looks bad, but it doesn't look bad on the surface, right? Okay. You're in sixth place. You're, you know, two or three wins, maybe out of the top four, but what team are you taking out? You're not better than Liverpool. You're not better than Arsenal. You're not better than city. You're not replacing one of those teams. And Scott, I'm sorry, Scotty mentioned it. So I'm kind of repeating, but like Villa, Tottenham, Newcastle, Brighton, maybe even West Ham who's within three points of you. Like there's no conceivable way that this team finishes top four as constructed with Ten Hag as the manager. It just doesn't seem possible. And that's kind of why I think another embarrassing result after getting knocked out of Europe could be the end. Yeah. United season last year looks a lot better because Marcus Rashford went on an incredible run where he was scoring or assisting in like 11 straight games. It It was unbelievable. This season, he has uh, two goals, one assist in the Premier League, and, and he's not alone. The The United forwards have been dismal. Um, they brought in uh, Hoyland, who's been virtually invisible. Martial has barely touched the field. When he does, he's also invisible. Anthony has been a letdown. Obviously, Jaden Sancho has been you know exiled from the club. They sold Ronaldo this time last year, and we thought was, things are going to kind of get better, and they did. Um, but they struggle for goals up top. They just they don't have any creativity up there, um, and so I, I think that's really where they struggle right now is you know just trying to you know take advantage of you know 
when they do have quality play in the midfield and when their back line is solid getting through and, and, and scoring those opportunities. Um, so we'll be, we'll see. I mean, I think Ten Hag is partially to blame for some of that. Um, he's been known to be stubborn with certain players. I, we don't, I don't think we know the full story because we've heard all the leaks coming out of the locker room about he's lost the, you know, a lot of the players trust. And so if he's making weird personnel decisions, it might just be because, you know, attitude is a problem. And I think with United, you really have to get, the attitude of the players on track first and not worry about the ability because um, they have loads of ability. Those forwards I just listed are all, you know, 60 to 80 million pound players at one point in, in their time. And it's for a reason. It's just, they've come in, they get these fat contracts and they don't really want to prove it. Um, I think I have, I said earlier, I said that, you know, they're the type of players that prefer to spend their money instead of figuring out ways to continue to earn it and justify it on the pitch. So United certainly in turmoil. And I'll shift gears into to Liverpool. I think as a Liverpool fan, I hate seeing lines like this because it just sets it up for a disaster. Um, I, I get it. You know, Liverpool have certainly looked good. They've they've pulled out wins the last week when maybe they haven't been at their best. Um, they barely pulled out a win against Crystal Palace. Palace was unbelievably organized at the back. I was making fun of their eight-man box. You're looking at the heat map and Liverpool's possession was just red all over the pitch. And then you get to the box and it's just empty. Um and so credit to them for 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 you know doing so well. The red card, I think, kind of turned things and Salah got his goal and then Elliot comes on and proves my point time and time again about why squad depth is so important because you can come on in the 80th minute and, and get a 90th minute, you know, perhaps season defining goal, depending on how results come out. So Liverpool haven't been looking at their best, but there is reason to believe why they are so heavily favored. The only attacking player on United that's been decent has been Bruno Fernandez, three goals, three assists. He kind of picked up a, a little cheap yellow card, uh, which has gotten conspiracy theorists out there saying that he did it on purpose to avoid Liverpool because um, he's now suspended for the match. So sure. they're, they're lacking in attack is becoming even more lacking for this one. Um, but, you know, I think Liverpool have their own concerns at attack. Nunez hasn't scored a goal in, in nine games. Um, he has plenty of opportunities. He's struggling with his finishing. Um, you know, the joke around Liverpool right now is he can only score worldies. He can't really score the tap-ins and it's kind of coming true. Um, Luis Diaz has been decent, but not the same since he had to deal with that issue with, with his dad. So I think he's still trying to come back into form. Um, Jota obviously hurt. There, Scotty, I think my boy Diaz has more goals VAR than he does scored at this point. Yeah, he has he been does. super unlucky. Killed me. Killed me in the uh, shot on target parlay last weekend. So, um, so Liverpool have their own attacking options. The good news is their midfield overhaul has been beyond anybody's imagination um, yeah. to the point where Klopp was at an event. This is probably inside baseball for you guys, but Klopp was uh, Liverpool are opening up the second tier of their Anfield road stand um, this weekend against United. So 7,000 extra fans at Anfield. They had a little test event to make sure it was safe. And uh, Klopp gave a speech during it. And he made fun of the transfer window because you dial it back. Liverpool were linked to uh, Romeo Lavia from Southampton. They're linked to Moises Caicedo um, mm -hmm. from Brighton. Chelsea came in, snapped up both of those players, caused Liverpool to look elsewhere. Um, and then they brought in Endo. They brought in Soboslai. They brought in, um, you know, uh, Gravenberch. All guys who've been very impressive. Well, the Chelsea players maybe haven't been so. And so um, the midfield overhaul, like I said, as good as, as anyone could have expected, probably exceeds most expectations. And, and that's really what's been carrying them. They've been getting a lot of goals from midfield, um, a lot of creative play. 
So I think that's where these lines are coming from. I think the expectation is Liverpool's going to dominate the midfield. They're going to dominate possession. They're going to create loads. Um, Salah will probably get his, as Nick mentioned. You know, my concern is always this will be their defense. Um, Virgil van Dijk, I think back to his form, but um, somehow, even with Allison between the posts, they still concede first on a irregular basis and are constantly having to play from behind. So I think just once I would like to see Liverpool try and uh, score first. I don't know what the odds are. I don't have them up in front of me, but I'm guessing at this point they have to be favorites to score first finally. Um, and that, that I think that'll be the key. Minus 340. Oh. Yeah. So maybe, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll just take it the other way just because um, just it's just their trend. They just don't like to score first, um, but we'll see. So I, I was going to throw out there the fact that the last um, three seasons, or maybe four now, Liverpool's shut out United at home. Clean sheet. Um, mm-hmm. You have to go back to, I think it's the 18-19 season to see any goals from United. Like, um, if from a betting angle, there's not much you can bet on here. Is Liverpool plus 150 to have a clean sheet worth worth a look here, considering the history at Anfield? This is where and we United, get into our- and, and United <laughs> struggles. This is where Nick and I get into our debates where it's, hey, it's a trend. We should bet it versus maybe they're due. Yeah, uh, maybe they're I due. mean, it, it, it is a trend, but how different were the circumstances over the past three or four years? You know what I mean? Like teams are completely different. Managers I mean, are different. La- la- yeah, last year they got dismantled by Liverpool when they were the better uh, side of Liverpool all year. So. No, no doubt. I mean, um, I, listen, I don't think that's a bad play in an absence of, of value. I think that's a that's a solid one. I think Liverpool to win by two plus goals minus one thirty is okay um, because that way it's just like kind of a prop bet versus a spread. So you you are giving a little bit of juice, but I I think you know two goals turns into a win. That's not terrible, but not much. Yeah, I mean, I have a pick here. I'll save that for for our locks, but it it definitely seems. Like it might be too good to be true because <laughs> I can't really remember a time. Like I think even in those games where Liverpool were winning 4-0, the expectations coming into it, despite different circumstances, were never this severe or this extreme. Um, and so it, it, you know, it kind of raises my eyebrow a little yeah. bit. But the flip side is, I mean, we saw in, in midweek when you know, Manchester United were desperate need of goals. You know, they were down one nothing to Bayern and they needed a win to advance and they brought in a bunch of youth players. They brought in Hannibal. Um, they brought in um, police tree um, to replace, you know, Garnacho. It's, it's like their depth. It's not even that their attack, you know, starters aren't performing. It's like, they don't even have depth to bring in to try to change the game. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one. Um, but, you know, I don't blame people for expecting this to be another four Oh, type game from Liverpool. I'm just personally as a Liverpool fan, very nervous about those expectations. All right. I, I got one for you here that I've just cooked up here on the same game parlay. I don't know. Every book is different and we, we typically give out odds on DraftKings because it's the most widely available in the country, but I'm in Florida and I'm enjoying hard rock bet and some options are really good. Some are not, but um, a same game parlay with just two selections, Liverpool to win, and Liverpool to have the most corners is minus 115. And I fucking love that. And just for 
reference, we have it here on the bottom of the screen. If you're watching, Liverpool is what a minus three fifty favorite. Liverpool is uh, minus three on the corner spread, and they are uh, team total corners is higher than United by three. So very heavily favored to get more corners. Obviously, very very heavily favored to win the game. I think that's as good as you can get it. Uh, I don't, I mean, I'll, I'll obviously play around with this. We're doing this in real time, but I think at minus 115, can, I'm ready to fucking bet that. We can make that the official pick of the buy or sell segment, if that's what you There play. you go. I think that makes sense. So yeah, if you have that option, and then that's one of the cool things that Hard Rock does have, Liverpool to win, Liverpool to get the most corners, minus 115. It's a good way to find value. Got to cook. Let Nick shoot cook. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Russ. so I think that... Uh, I think that brings us to our our, our locks of the week where Scotty's going to lead with one for this match. I think that's a good segue for you, Scotty. Kick us off. What do you got? Uh, I'm, I'm sensing this is the fan pessimism trying to just kind of – How is he going to keep Liverpool emotionally in first place? Hedge, yeah. yeah, emotionally it's hedge not, this one. It's not because Liverpool can still win and I can still win my bet. So that's why it's not. Because I would love to take United double chance at plus 240. That's an insane value. I know Nick won't let me, so I'm not going to try. But what I will do is I'm going to take United plus one and a quarter goals at plus 130. Again, I'm feeling a little nervous about just the fact that the expectations in the public are so heavily on a massive Liverpool win here. And that's usually when I follow those trends, I get burned. So I'm going to fade the public a little bit on this. But I also, I think there's reason to believe that this is possible simply because... Granted, we don't know what Liverpool's lineup is going to be tomorrow in Europa. I'm assuming they're going to rest 90% of their, you know, senior players. But, you know, Liverpool's back line has not looked great. Matip mm-hmm. is out. Van Dijk has been playing every single minute of every single match. Has looked great. No complaints, but still concern. Andy Robertson is not back. Left back has been wishy-washy with, with Samikas. So I think there's a goal in this for United. I truly do. Um with that said, Liverpool have been scrapping together wins. They haven't really beaten anybody soundly since their 3-0 win against uh, Brentford back in beginning of November. You know, they beat Palace by one. They beat Sheffield United barely by two. Fulham, they beat by one. So there's a trend of Liverpool winning close games similar to what Arsenal has kind of been doing. I can kind of see this one going the similar way where I think Liverpool will probably be caught in a closer match than they would like. I think United, knowing their attacking struggles, knowing they're going to Anfield and seeing how Liverpool have struggled, especially against Crystal Palace last week against these eight-man boxes, will probably play a very defensive setup. Um, you know, no Bruno Fernandes, so their midfield is probably going to be a little bit more of a defensive midfielding midfield setup anyways. Uh, so I can see Liverpool struggling to score in this one, especially with Nunez's struggles, especially with the absence of Jota. I could see this being like a 2-1 Liverpool win, and I could even see this being one where just like Liverpool can't get across the line and end up drawing 1-1. Yeah, listen, the first thing I said without discussing the pick with Scotty or even looking at his pick, uh, you know, United plus 1.75. So Scotty found a lot of value out of it, still at plus money. I think if you were to take anything from that plus 1.25, plus 1.5, plus 1.75, that's also the way I would look to bet this game. So I'm... I mean, I'm not giving you shit for being, you know, the Liverpool homer and, and betting hedging the way you are, but I think that's the correct way to bet this game. Again, Liverpool one goal, one goal win. Uh, we everybody, everybody's happy. All right, I'm going to go to Setia with my first one. It's Juve money line at Genoa minus one thirty on Friday. Uh, Juve has been absolutely cooking, no losses in their last ten. 
having no European football has been great for them domestically. Uh, Genoa is a decent mid-table side. They have wins over Roma and Lazio, but Juve is not Roma or Lazio. I like Juve in what should be a low-scoring affair. Both teams generally tend to go under that two and a half. Uh, I could definitely see this being a Juve one nothing, two nothing type victory. Um, I'm confident that Juve is going to cash for us again if they did last week. Yeah, listen, I don't want to jinx it. So Coach and I were fighting over this pick. Um, I don't want to jinx it. Juve has been a wagon for us. They're getting offered every single week at like this minus 130 number or better. Uh, Until that changes, you have to just absolutely ride them. So good for them. Love the pick. We have come full circle from them being completely banned from the best of now being a virtual staple on all of our best slips. True. Very true. Shout out, Max. Shout out, Max. Shout out, Max. All right, I'm going to coach a squad. So, Scotty, um, I, I want you to see if you or I could have predicted any of these things as I list them off. Dybala hurt. Check. Jose missing press conferences. Super check. Lukaku suspended. Yeah, check. Okay, we have all the elements of Roma. I'm a little right surprised now. on that one, just because Lukaku has to be healthy in order to get suspended. So fair. Very fair, but he almost broke somebody's ankle last week. I don't know why, um, but you know, we'll, we'll let Coach maybe explain that one. Uh, coach and I fought last week over what the bet was in in the Roma game, but uh, obviously bad circumstances for Roma. Two red cards. Uh, Dybala came off hurt. They're playing midweek. They're not in good shape. Uh, Bologna, on the other hand, is fucking rolling. They are in the top five. I cannot see a way that they do not score in this game kind of think that Roma usually, you know, listen, they, they find a way they're, they're resilient. Um, they get a goal every now and then, but both teams to score is my pick in this match. It is plus one Oh five. I would not be shocked to see a draw in this game, a one, one, a two, two, um, both teams to score plus one Oh five. I, I think, um, you got to ride Bologna to get goals until you don't. So love this. All right. Second pick. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. I'm taking Tottenham money line at Nottingham Forest. It's minus 135. Uh, I'm 0-2 against betting against Spurs the last two weeks. So I'm going to try and switch it up. I'll bet on them. I don't really know why they're still getting points. They don't look great, but they're getting results. Um, I guess the good news here is Nottingham Forest are borderline relegation form. Um, They have one point in their last five matches, uh, including a 5-0 loss to Fulham, I think, last weekend or midweek. It was last weekend. Um, weirdly enough, their last win was a two nothing win against Aston Villa. Go figure. But I don't buy that. I, I think Forest are are in dire straits right now. Tottenham should be able to win this. If they don't win this one, then I'm going to ban Tottenham from the bet slip for me personally because I just can't Fair. get them correct right now. Fair. All right, I'm going over to the Bundesliga with my second one. I, I was looking at a different bet involving Inter and Lazio here, but I, I just found this one and the number was better and I couldn't pass it up. It's Dortmund money line at Augsburg, minus 110. Dortmund just won a Champions League group, like we mentioned, that they weren't even expected to get out of. Now they turn their attention to the league where they need to start winning to secure a top four or even top five place and possible return to the Champions League next season. I think they're in six right now. Number's too good to pass up at minus 110. Uh, they should be feeling pretty confident after drawing PSG. Um, I like them here. And this spot, they should be feeling pretty good about themselves. And I, I think they win at minus 110. Yeah, I like it. All right, I'm I'm staying in Italy. Um, I'm going with AC Milan, taking on Monza at home. Both teams to score again, minus 125. Um, I originally liked Monza, excuse me, 
on the spread. They were getting a lot of love, but Milan found a way today. It kind of changed my whole perception of, uh, are they really going to drop this game? I don't know. The, the numbers started to change a little bit. I got weary. Five out of six games for Milan and five out of six games for Monza have had both teams to score. So I think that is a trend that we have to just continue. Uh, Milan's D op, absolutely in shambles. We know that. And I think that they are due for a little bit of a letdown. I see a definitely a scoring game here. It could be a scoring draw, a scoring win. But both teams to score minus 125. All right. I'll wrap this one up with a simple bet. Newcastle versus Fulham, both teams to score and over two and a half. Just kidding. It's not simple. It's more complex than I remember uh, is minus one Oh five. I'm taking this one because Fulham's offense has been unbelievable. The last four games, they scored 16 goals in their last four matches, including a pair of five, nothing wins last week. Um, Nick, I'm going to give you a chance to guess if you can give me who the leading goal scorer on Fulham is currently in the premier league. Oh, man, I have absolutely no idea. Okay, this is a trick question. It's not a trick question, but it's a good one. Um, it's your boy, William, 35 years no old, way. still Oof. banging in goals for Fulham. Uh, you know, Mitro- no Mitrovic, no problem when you got William on your squad, I guess. Uh, not- but they're doing it. Um, so I, I think Fulham here are going to certainly on the on the score sheet. My guess is Newcastle are going to come back with a vengeance. They no longer have to worry about Europe. You know, not worry, but. You know, it's no longer a, a thing for them. So uh, I think they can come out. They'll probably get a couple of goals themselves. This one seems like it's going to be at least a 2-2 goal fest. So it, by all means, the both teams to score and over two and a half at virtually even money seems like a, a very good pick. All right. I am also heading to the Premier League with my last one. I'm going Aston Villa, money line at Brentford, plus 115. Uh, classic let down game for Villa after beating both City and Arsenal, one nothing in back-to-back home matches over the past week. However, there's no way I'm passing a Villa plus money the way they're playing. I know they have Conference League tomorrow, but I expect rotation there. And, and I think um, if this team is a serious Champions League contender, which they look like it right now, this is the type of match you have to win. And, and at plus money, I'm not passing it up. Yeah, I was saying it before the show. Um, you know, you don't beat City and Arsenal, give up zero goals in those two games, and then go and not take care of Brentford. So uh, I was shocked that this was plus money. And I will stay in the Premier League for my final pick. Arsenal, Brighton, we have to bring corners back. When we are in a funk, we go to corners. Nine and a half, minus 125. This is like nothing to do with stats, nothing to do really with anything, just kind of a gut feeling. I think this is a game with a lot of chances, potentially a game with a lot of goals. Two kind of tired teams, so we're going to see some rotation. We're going to see some check and choice people. End-to-end stuff, I think corners make a comeback. Over nine and a half. Nick's corner special. There it is. So, Scotty, <laughs> you cooked up our pod lock of the week. What I have a question. It? Live um, question before Scotty goes. Can I throw in a bonus pick? Always. Like just a pod bonus pick if you guys agree with me. Doesn't count for the record, but you can throw it in if you want. Won't count. Okay. Everton plus 115 at Burnley. I think that is an insanely... Good number for a yeah. seven win, four out of five win Everton team that is already out of the relegation zone. And if they were not docked points, would only be four points behind be, the Man United team. Yeah, they would be the top half the table, very squarely in 
my uh, ninth place. Yeah. Don't hate it. Sean Dyche effect in full force right now. Um, but yeah, not too bad. So Podlock, as Coach mentioned, cooked something up. Uh, going to France, we got Monaco money line and the over one and a half parlay versus Lyon. Monaco are at home. Lyon currently in last place, looking really poor this season, um, boasting the league's second worst defensive record with 27 goals in 15 matches. On the flip side, Monaco are currently in third with the league's second best goal scored tally with 31s in the same amount of matches, so averaging better than two a match. Uh, Look, the over is virtually assured. We tried looking at Monaco's team total over one and a half, and that's minus 205. So the expectation is Monaco is going to get that total by itself. Um, But I can't imagine Monaco dropping points at home to the worst team in in the league right now. So minus 25 for a high scoring or not even a high scoring, but at least a two goal win uh, for Monaco seems a pretty fair price. So crazy to me that Lyon's so bad. I remember like when I first started getting into European football, right? Lyon was a Champions League team. I remember one of the first Champions League matches I watched with Roma was against Lyon with that um, Mancini like step over Nick. I don't know if you remember that one before sure they got do. absolutely just mantled by United in the next round. Um, yeah, it was. It's just crazy that they're so bad now uh, that they're like heading for relegation at this rate. Uh, is is it- that where Eden Hazard started, or no? That's Lil. Lil. Wrong. Um, Listen, I do want to point out in the midst of our mediocrity, uh, Podlock is on fire. We are 10, four and one on the season. So 15 games, 15 weeks, 10 winners, only four losses. Uh, Game of the week is hot. So time to jump on board. Something's got to cook, right? Yeah. So we will leave it there. Uh, obviously, if you're you're listening or watching, you know where to find us. Uh, as well, you can find us on our Twitter at KicksPicksPod. Scotty's also started doing a weekly piece on HappyHourSports.net, breaking down each Premier League weekend. We also cook up some other things there from time to time. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week, hopefully with some plus money results coming in. Um, enough with this mediocrity mid-table fluff we've been throwing at you so we're like everton right now we're, we're yeah, like everton yeah, yeah. They, they they deducted points we're we're you know we're down in the dumps mentally maybe but the results are good the results are decent in this analogy am i the 10 point deduction with my minus 14 no. units on the season i think uh, i am i think i am the the yeah. 10 point deduction i am the physical embodiment of financial fair play like <laughs> yeah you took all the favorites you can't be taking all the favorites i think that is the penalty for just gouging that's why we take United this week. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week.